Welcome to Out of the Technicolor Closet, a podcast promoting inclusivity and understanding for the LGBT youth of today and tomorrow. We are your hosts, Ling and Stephanie. This is sponsored by the Out Center, located in Benton Harbor, Michigan. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about being a queer parent and uh, some of these stigmas that surround LGBT parents. So joining us today on this episode, we have William Hatch. Hello, I am Ling's older brother. Being uh, Ling's older brother and having experienced a lot more, a little more than Ling has as far as uh, interactions in the community. And with Ling's uh, presence being made now, it's really brought a different perspective to what the LGBT community stands for. I've seen the media painted out to be a whole different spiel and you know, some people don't really want to open up their eyes to what really is you know, real here. Mm-hmm. And being here and being able to see what you're doing for the community itself is beautiful. Get it, girl. Much appreciated. Mm-hmm. Loving that support. I'm glad I can provide some insight that is yeah. m- much needed, you know? Well, absolutely. All right. Yeah. So for as long as I remember, tales of lesbian or gay couples being parents have been shown in extremely negative light. Mm. by our community or just society in general and harping on the lack of stable mother and father figures coexisting leading to quote-unquote developmental issues or claims that a child raised by a queer parent is more likely to be gay compared to a child in a normal environment normal a normal environment like the gay is (laughs) what i think a lot of people are missing is it is not the sexuality of the parent but the parental ability that the person has that affects the child's development Mm mm-hmm which is yes, the case whether it's a heterosexual relationship or a homosexual relationship, because there's going to be plenty of people out there who probably shouldn't be re- reproducing, <laughs> exactly. and they are, and they're straight, and you're like, whoa, and you're saying something about the gay parents who are actually raising their children, right? It's like they're actually not problematic yeah, in exactly. any case, <laughs> but you over there? Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. well, okay. All right. So does it affect sexuality? Does having a queer parent affect the kid's sexuality or the people around them. You know, sexuality, surprisingly enough, does not change based on who the parent is. So if a kid happens to discover they like a certain gender, it's not because of the parents. It's simply because that's what they prefer, which seems to be an extremely difficult concept to grasp for a lot of outsiders looking in. Totally. Um, And I see that a lot, too. It even happened to one of our friends, uh, family friends, Kip, and Roberto, I first met Kip and Roberto uh, a while ago, and that was my first exposure to, uh, you know, realizing, oh, there's other people out there who, you know, aren't straight. They took in a few foster kids mm-hmm. and then they got accused of turning one of the kids gay. Oh, gosh. It's just like, oh, they were around your house and now they're gay. And it's like, oh, it's infectious. <laughs> it's yeah, it's contagious. The gay branching off of that on top of is the child more likely to be gay in a in a environment where there is two parents of the same sex, there is also a lot of stigma around the fact that a child is more likely to be abused if they're in said environment. Unsurprisingly enough, there is no factual evidence proving that the kids in the guardianship of a same-sex couple are more likely to be abused. This, what I like to call a disgusting notion, was laid upon prospective parents because of the fact that LGBT persons are viewed constantly as what I'd call sexual fiends, Mm -hmm. which I find most of the time is aimed at male couples compared to their female counterparts. So more likely than not, I'll see um, accusations aimed at a male couple compared to a lesbian couple. Yeah. And 
I don't understand where any of that comes from. I mean, like we've talked about in past episodes where it's just like, as soon as someone hears that uh, you're from the LGBT community, the first thing they think of is sex. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's never, it's never like, oh, you're gay. That's cool. It's never like, oh, I'm gay and I like to do pottery. It's 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 <laughs> never something that's normalized. Everybody always tries to make a big deal out of it. Yes, of course. Which is this this whole issue that is that blowing a relationship out of proportion and thinking that it will actually have this dire effect mm-hmm. on a on a kid. And continuing off of that, will the kid want to become a part of the community? And a thing to remember at the end of the day is that the kid is going to choose what they want in the end once they're an adult. So once they hit a certain age, can't control whether they're going to be a part of the community. One thing to remember at the end of the day is that your kid is going to choose what they want to be when they become an adult. So no matter what that ends up being, whether they really want to be a strong advocate for the LGBT community or they really don't want to have any part of it, you know, that's up to them in the future. But in a sense, right now, if we're talking about being in a same-sex relationship and having a kid in their custody... They are already a part of the community. They're an ally, if you will. So if they choose to change that label, then they choose to change it. But if they don't, then, you know, there's no harm done there. Yeah. And I really think a perspective that would be helpful to put in here to more understand why it's so mind boggling for me Mm -hmm. that people have such discriminative views on same sex parents is like, for example, take somebody saying, Oh my God, you were raised by gay parents. Do you think that you're going to be gay in the future? Oh my God, you were raised by straight parents. Do you think you're going to turn out hetero in the future? <laughs> it's like you, you put those things back to back and it's like you can just see how outrageous both yes. statements are. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just frustrating to think about how some people do literally think like this. But why? <laughs> why? Why are you thinking like this? Like you wouldn't, you yeah, you, like what you're saying, the opposites. You wouldn't have one thought um, if you were in one position. You wouldn't have the other thought if you were in one position. And it's just weird to me to think that like people can think that. Oh yeah, if you're raised by a straight parent, then it's got to turn out straight, or else there's something really wrong. Exactly, which I, I, is also another toxic thing that we've touched upon before, where it's the mindset that oh, if you were in a healthy straight household and you turned out not straight then they did something wrong or something's wrong with you or something in the water (laughs) it's like no it's it's just how the person themselves perceives the world and Mm -hmm. how they want to go about living their life it's it has nothing to do with incorrect parenting it has nothing to do with a negative environment yeah it's all about a person discovering their likes and dislikes and then pursuing them in the future But reaching the epicenter of this topic of discussion, what I think is the most important thing to touch on and also what is really interesting from a psychological standpoint as well is a question that is proposed constantly when it comes to a same-sex relationship. Um, How are you going to give said kid a mother or father figure depending on, you know, what if it's a if it's two males in a relationship, how is the kid going to get a motherly perspective how are they going to get that nurturing side if it's two females how are they going to get that fatherly perspective how are they going to get the more male view on the world Mm -hmm. like where how is that going to come in well i mean you know like friendships uh family members other other ways of adding like if you really want that in your life 
you can find a male figure that you feel confident in if it's a lesbian relationship and vice versa. If it's a, a gay relationship, they could find a female figure that they think is going to be a good influence on their kids. Exactly. So say the the parents can just reach out to grandparents mm-hmm. or brothers or sisters or really close family friends that can provide just the right amount of perspective that the kid would need mm-hmm. in order to develop normally, in order to get what they need without being sent off in the world, without lacking. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I think the most important thing is that they both have, uh, that they both have two parents. Yeah. It's very difficult for a single parent to raise a kid properly. I mean, a parent's got to have to work to provide for a kid. Mm-hmm. If you have two parents there, one that can work, one that can be there, mm-hmm. I mean, the role really shouldn't have been brought up that much then. The most important thing is that your kid's probably being taught and taken care of. Exactly, which is why I don't think gender roles should really be enforced or even completely removed from a household. Being too strict either way is bound to eventually cause problems, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel that same-sex couples promote a loose concept of basic societal gender roles in some instances. But I feel it also makes a child growing up view people less by their gender and more by the content of their character. Mm-hmm. So I see a lot, something we've also touched on before, is having, say, having a son and then saying, you can't play with this because you're a boy, you gotta, you got to play with the G.I. Joe. You can't take the Barbie. And then the kid's like, well, why? It's like, oh, it's for boys. And instead of trying to like set up those hardwired, this is for boys, this is for girls, just letting a kid explore mm-hmm. and just letting a kid figure things out by themselves and ins- and don't make them view the world from a black and white lens, which it seems we're so comfortable with viewing it like that. We're so comfortable viewing the world and people keep pushing the narrative that we need to continue how we have been for years because it's worked. So why not keep doing it? Yeah. But there's flaws in that. There's holes in that. Mm-hmm. And us as humans, we're developing. So we need to make sure that we're also changing the way that we perceive parenting and the way that we perceive gender and sis- gender roles in society, as well as in families and communities. Mm hmm. How do you think uh, a parent telling their kid, no, you can't play because you are a boy. You can't watch Barbie. You can't play with Barbies. Do you think that being told no, that 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 statement's going to last longer with that kid and possibly, you know, want him to further do something along the lines of, well, why can't I do that? You think that would cause some kind of issue in, you know, identity, perhaps? I think it I think it would because it's negative reinforcement mm-hmm. on a certain idea. So say there's an apple and a pear in front of you and your parent says the apple will poison you and the pear make you okay. That kid's never going to eat an apple. Mm-hmm. He's going to be scared of eating the apple because it's going to die. Mm-hmm. He eats the apple. So having any type of negative infor- reinforcement from a trustworthy source because that's what the parent is. It's your number one reliable source, your superhero when you're younger. So getting, like what you said, being told you can't do something because you can't and it's bad for you, etc., it's going to be not good for the kid when they get older. It can go either way. You know, most kids, you tell them no, they're going to do it even more anyway. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, they're going to be afraid to do it because so they trust so deeply in the it. The scared one. <laughs> no, it's very unfortunate, though, but that's it's exactly true. You're either going to rebel or you're going to be scared and 
like terrified to try anything because you were told that it was wrong this whole time and you don't know any better at that point. Exactly. I was at a constant mix between the two where it's just like anytime it has to do with interacting with somebody that is telling me you can't do that, I always be like, oh, okay. Yeah, right? Exactly. But if it's in a, a different environment where it's with people that I only see, say, uh, I'd see them when I was at school mm-hmm. or I'd see them when I was doing a job or something. I'd see them at a certain friend group. Mm-hmm. I'd be more likely to realize that, hey, this thing I'm about to do, I've been told not to do it, but uh, why not? You know? <laughs> doesn't seem so bad. <laughs> yeah, mom. Yeah. doesn't seem so bad. <laughs> you don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, a question that I have for both of you guys is, why do you think there is such a divide between the public and queer parents? Like, what do you think really fuels it? Misinformation. Continue. I believe that our source of information in this golden age of information has been skewed in a many way, uh, whether it be through personal agenda or just lack of knowledge on a subject. Mm-hmm. People are going to think that simply because you are something that and then they have one or two negative connotations with it, they're going to automatically assume that the whole thing's bad. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. I mean, you look at a car brand, for for instance, you could think, oh, I've always had a Chevy. Chevy's been good to me. Mm-hmm. But that Asian car, oh, that Asian car gave me one problem one time, and I hate all Asian cars. Mm-hmm. No, and that's well, how, but that's how people think. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it is, there's a very, I think there's a large lack of open-minded people. And in the cities, you can see it's a lot more progressive. People are a lot more open to these kind of ideas. And in more rural areas like this, I mean, look at your demographic. Look at the people who live out here. Look at, you know, the exposure to what they have. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a new and upcoming thing here. This is my first time really hearing of, you know, an LGBTQ podcast in this area, let alone um, the Out Center in Ben Harbor. Mm-hmm. That's a new thing, too. A lot of people, they don't even know that exists. Yeah. And they're going to automatically assume that, oh, there's gays in this area. Um, let's not go there. Or they're probably doing weird things. Or something along oh, those yeah. lines. It's, it's not PG-13 family friendly yeah. or safe. You know, we can't go to where the gays are in the Benton Harbor District. Yeah, we do exactly. a lot of weird things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like read books and breathe air. <laughs> I don't know. Just misinformation is just a big thing with that, honestly. This is why seeing something like this is, I think, really important for the community to evolve and help people understand, you know, what these people are about. They're just people. Mm-hmm. We're all people. Exactly. And that's the thing that we're constantly trying to push with this is that every topic that comes up involving LGBT people is just us trying to reaffirm the fact that we are all the same. We're all flesh and blood. Well, it's just so frustrating because it's like that's all that so many people, you know, have tried to push for years. But then it always comes back in our faces of like, oh, it's just... You know, like once you guys start talking about this stuff, it's just like all gay things. And I feel like it's getting pushed at me all the time and everything. And I'm like any other group that has experienced any kind of issues over the years where you were rejected by society, it goes the same way of that. Hey, we've been trying to push for this for so long and none of you have listened to us. And now we finally have a voice and we're trying to get the word out there and we're trying to inform you and educate you. We're not trying to shove anything down your throat. We're just trying to get people to listen. Mm. Exactly. And everybody's like, well, there's so many gay people on TV now and there's so many 
gay people in positions of power now and you guys are shoving it down our throats and I think you guys should really stop because you're being forceful with your <laughs> agenda. And it's like we finally get a smidgen of people yeah. in places where they've never been before doing things that have never been done before mm -hmm. and making basically political history, media history, etc. And you're irritated by that simply because it's different. Mm -hmm. And when there's finally, because I think the problem is people hear about it, hear about it, hear about it. And then when they finally see it, they're like, oh, gosh, I knew they were going to do this. The gays are at it again. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. They're ruining my favorite TV show. And they're, they're, they're at my restaurants. They're at my restaurants. <laughs> they're in my Congress. I can't believe it. And it's it's not as big of a deal as or as big as a worry, I should say, that everybody's making it out to be because it's like making a fit over somebody that's allergic to peanuts like oh my god somebody who's allergic to peanuts just came into the store i can't believe it they're wearing a shirt that says don't give me peanuts i can't oh my gosh what does this world come to and it's it's i just yeah. don't understand it's so crazy how we've evolved to be discriminatory on such we've we're so focused on small facets of the human race it's insane which is yeah no it's ridiculous i mean i think it's uh you know it's uh, everything we've talked about before it's ignorance um it's fear and it's a lot of different things that people just get in their head and for some reason they think that their opinion or their view is the only correct thing to follow the right one and exactly and you know if anybody lives their life any different way then that's no good that's not right and we should punish them mm. So I think some useful information for LGBT listeners is how you can navigate the world of parenting in the future. So if you're ever looking in the future to have any kids and you're wondering, how am I going to do that? There's no way I can go about that. The kid will never be related to me. I'm going to have to adopt or I'm going to have to be a foster parent. That's not true. There's so many options and there's been so many advancements when it comes to conceiving your own child as a same-sex couple. And I'll list off a few right now. So... Say you're a lesbian couple and you want to, one of you wants to conceive, one of you wants to be related to the child. So you can get a sperm donor that's either um, a close friend or you can get a anonymous donor. There's surrogacy with an egg donor. There's IVF with or without surrogate. Um, IVF is basically eggs being transplanted. Mm -hmm. Reciprocal IVF for lesbian couples, which is one partner carries the baby and the other is the egg donor. Or there's also co-parenting, which is a planned platonic parenting relationship. There's adoption and there is foster care. Mm -hmm. So there is a rundown of like the commonly known parental options and also the uncommon parenting options that many people seem to not be aware of when they do enter the realm of having children. Mm hmm. There is also a process that I forgot to mention, which is called ART, which allows at least one member of an LGBT couple to be directly genetically related to a child, which I feel is a big fear or at least a big desire for a lot of same-sex couples where they think about, I want to have a kid that's related to me. I want to yeah. make something that's like, I want to make something, period. Yeah. And I feel it's really discouraging for people in relationships like that because they think there's no way mm -hmm. and having things like this be created 
I feel like it pushes a lot more people to the world of parenting instead of making it more of a, I feel like it makes it more welcoming compared to what a lot of people make it out to be. Mm. Okay. Focusing on the main branch of how LGBT parents do actually become parents is adoption. And I feel as if same-sex couples open up so many more opportunities to create families. I also think that adoption is a great choice for parents that don't want to go through the process of finding a surrogate or a donor or any of those egg transplants, etc., because some of those are invasive surgeries, and I feel like others want it to just be more of a simple process. Mm-hmm. I feel that the high concentration of LGBT parents helps provide more options to have a loving family for a child that most likely wouldn't have gotten the same opportunity Mm -hmm. because I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like a lot of kids are adopted by LGBT couples and families. I feel like they just try and attract as many um, wayward souls as they can in order to provide them with a, uh, with a healthy life and a healthy childhood, maybe one that they never had. And they, they see themselves in these kids and they try and give them what they deserve. Mm -hmm. And I think that is so poetic in a sense to where the world does so much wrong to a certain group of people. And instead of turning around and doing the same thing, they open their arms and say, let me show you how to not get hurt. Yeah. And how to be a good person. That's the process of ending that honestly is to turn the other cheek and Mm -hmm. do what you can to repair it for future generations. Exactly. Breaking the cycle and creating something new and better. Mm Mm-hmm. So with how things are progressing in today's society, I feel like maybe it's at the same rate that people are coming out as it has been in recent years, Um, or maybe it's increasing. I'm not too sure, but I feel that a high concentration of unadopted kids can be condensed by the increasing amount of same-sex couples desiring family. Mm-hmm. So with how many people are coming out now and how many people actually want to make families and want to do what we said, like the turnaround, breaking the cycle, I feel that there's going to be a a staggering decline in kids that are forced to age in and out of the system. Mm -hmm. I feel that there's going to be a lot more open homes and a lot more opportunities for these kids. But the biggest issue when it comes to that is the laws surrounding adoption for queer parents. So the current laws surrounding adoption and being a queer parent have been a huge topic of heated debate for so long because of the very stigmas we talked about earlier. There are currently 11 states in the U.S. that have laws that allow adoption agencies to turn away prospective parents on the basis of their sexuality. So this recent amendment also can discriminate based on any moral or religious beliefs. This influences all adoption centers that are being funded by local and state government. So basically anyone the agency doesn't agree with is deemed unfit parent. So do you know the states? I that, do have the states. That's Hold great. On. Let me know where I shouldn't live. <laughs> Honestly. I'll never move there. Yeah, really, though, because that's just ridiculous to try to ban people from wanting to just be a member of society and have a family. Those 11 states are... We can be disappointed? Yes. Oh, no. Michigan. Really? Yeah. Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, South Dakota, North Dakota, Tennessee, Minnesota, Alabama, South Carolina, and Virginia. Bye, Michigan. Bye, Bye. Michigan. 
No, seriously, that's ridiculous. It's kind of funny considering the foster care problem in Michigan, honestly. Yeah, the whole scandal that happened recently? That was with CPS. Oh, okay, I'm thinking of something else. Never mind. But regardless, I mean, I mean, look at the amount of troubled youth that come out of foster care mm-hmm. that could go to prospective gay homes that would be able to help them in their most impressionable age, mm-hmm. the most important time of their lives to help guide them to become good people or to help find themselves. Mm-hmm. And I don't see how this really solves any issue by this law. Exactly. It There's, doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. It really doesn't. It just makes more issues. And I've even personally had quite a few friends that have been in and out of the foster care system. We even had one girl stay at our house with us trying to provide a little bit of that uh, helping hand, if you will, mm-hmm. because we see the potential in her. And we we see the potential in a lot of people in we realize that the government does not and mm-hmm. that they they don't want to allow them the same chances. And I can only imagine how different her life would be if she got the chance to be in a foster family with a nice, loving, consistent parent, whether that be two females or two males or a male and a female. Mm -hmm. And limiting, like what Willie said, limiting the ability for certain people to parent just makes it more difficult for people like my friend to find their way in life. Yeah. So that's a really good stopping point for today. But really, with this topic, we can definitely go farther with it. So I think we're going to do something crazy next time. Yeah, we're going to have a Q&A, kind of have somebody come in from the LGBT parent perspective. So a married couple that has fostered kids and then have somebody come in that has been parented by a LGBT couple. I'm really excited to, to to hear about this just because, you know, I'm not personally familiar with uh, many people who have experienced one or the other of those. So it's going to really be refreshing to, to get a different side. Yeah, and bounce some lifestyle differences back and forth and see exactly if there is any differences, like everybody's saying. Hey, thanks again for listening. It really means a lot to us. And give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. And remember to subscribe to Out of the Technicolor Closet anywhere you go to get your podcasts.